going on guys? My name is Morel. Welcome to Purpose Place Church. Our series on kingdom language has been fire. If you've missed the last few messages, you can catch it on our YouTube channel. Today's message is called Leave Your Water Pot. Hope you guys enjoy. John 4, 28. This is what we're closing with, so I just like to open up what we're closing with. I like to open up what we're closing with. It says, the woman left her water pot. Everyone say water pot. The woman left her water pot. I cannot wait to get to this point. The woman left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the man, come see a man who told me all the things that I've ever done. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city, and they came back to him. The name of this message is, leave your water pot. Everyone say, it's time to leave my water pot. Thank you, Father, for blessing this word in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys may be seated. Your spirit, just like I said last week, your spirit was created to be filled by the Holy Spirit, okay? No other person, no other spirit was created to fill your spirit like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only one on the, on, in this universe that can fill your spirit. He is the only one. And so Jesus recognizes unbelief. He sees his disciples, he sees his people, and he recognizes this unbelief. And many of us carry the same unbelief. And the reason why these disciples were battling unbelief is because they were trying to move in the spirit without the help of the Holy Spirit. When you're battling unbelief, it's because you're trying to do a spiritual thing without the help of the Holy Spirit. And so because you're doing it on your own strength, because you're trying to believe on your own strength and not praying in your kingdom language and not praying in the Holy Spirit, because of that, you're, you're trying to fathom things with your own understanding, and that always opens the door to unbelief. Let me tell you this. This is a, this is a, a, a news, news update. Your flesh will always have unbelief. Your flesh will never believe. Your flesh will never, ever believe what God has for you. So when you're doing things in your flesh, guess what? You're going to be moving in unbelief every single time. So my, my first point is unbelief comes when we fight a spiritual battle without the spiritual help of the Holy Spirit. Unbelief comes when we're fighting a spiritual battle without the spiritual help of the Holy Spirit. If you are struggling with unbelief, it's because you're carrying something that you weren't created to carry. And that's why I want to talk about this gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to say gift. This is a gift. And this is something that God had to really remind me of this week and just kind of pound into me. Like, this is a gift. This is a gift. Like, this is a promise. This is something that it's almost like we have, God has given us a box and with a bow on it, with our name on it. And it's under the Christmas tree, but we never open it. It's a gift. It's a gift. This is, what, this is when the, the first church started. I want you to go to Acts 2, verse 38. Acts 2, verse 38. We don't have our screens yet, so that means you got to turn as fast as you can. This is good because we're going to be trained to know where everything is in the Bible. So if you're watching today, I want you to go to your Bible too. Join me. Join us in the Word today. I don't want you to be a spectator. I want you guys to participate so we can do this together. Acts 2.38, this is when the church was birthed. This is, 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes on, the, on, on, on 120 disciples that wait in the upper room. They wait, they wait in Jerusalem, just like Jesus instructs, and, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this, this, a sound came in, and the rushing of the, of the mighty Spirit came, came upon the disciples. And look, look what happens. Look at what Peter says. It says there's thousands of people, and Peter starts speaking in front of thousands of people because he wants to let them know what's going on. It says, then Peter said to them, verse 38, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter announces the Holy Spirit to the world for the first time. And this is what he says when he does, this is the, the first time the Holy Spirit is introduced on the main stage, on the biggest platform in Jerusalem during, during, during a time where everybody from every nation was there. This is how he introduces the, the Holy Spirit. This is the early church and the early church believers, and this is how they saw the Holy Spirit. He says, and you shall receive the gift. Everyone say gift. Listen, this is a gift. It is an honor. This is something that you've been dreaming for your whole life and you didn't even know. This is something that the prophets would talk about the last thousand years and, and, they, and, and, and people saw the coming of the Spirit and this is what they've been dreaming about, but they didn't, they, they didn't live long enough to see it. But you're here to see it. Guys, this is amazing. This is, this is something that the church, we've been waiting for and the moment is finally here. This is the gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit is here. Be excited. The gift. It's a gift. It's an honor. It's an advantage. It's something that you can move in the supernatural. I look at Superman. I look at the Avengers. I look at all these different characters and, and movies, and I'm like, man, like people crave the supernatural. They, they, they crave it. And, that, and we go to the movie theaters, and we pack it out, and we, we envision ourselves, and, and, and we, we, are, we are infatuated with power. And the reason why we are infatuated with power is because God created us to walk in power. That's why. And so Peter is saying, listen, you've been dreaming about walking in power. The gift of the Holy Spirit is here to take off the limits off of your life. He said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise. See, a lot of people get it twisted. They're like, oh, this, this gift is only for certain people. You, gotta be, you have to be holy. You have to be perfect. You, you have to be sinless. You have to know God for a certain amount of time and go to church four days a week and read your Bible 10 hours a day and uh, never cuss. <laughs> this, is, this is for those. But this is what Peter says. Peter's like, look, let me make this introduction. I got to make it right. Not only is this a gift, but he goes on to say this in verse 39. He says, for the promise is to you and to your children, your bad children, and to all who are far off. And to all, everyone say all. all, and to everybody who is far, everybody who is near, as many as the Lord our God will call. This is for everybody. This is for every human being on the earth, no matter what age you are, ethnicity, your background, economic status. This is for you. God created you so he can live inside of you. I said God created you so he can live inside of you. People think that Jesus just came for us to go to heaven. No, Jesus wanted to get heaven inside of us. Whew. And that's the problem. I can't wait to go to heaven. We got people defeated out here. God, when you coming back? <laughs> Lord, you know, we, we used to have songs in the church about going back to heaven. I'm going back. I don't know any of the songs, but um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought I did. I was like, I don't know if there's a song like this, but uh, Michael, you, you, grew up, you, grew up, you grew up in a church like that, so you know <laughs> 
He said, I don't think I've heard this one before. That was the remix. That was the remix. I'm like, going back. Okay. Um, so anyways, but God, want, God has an assignment for us on the earth. So this is, this, is, this is where I'm getting at today. You know, praying in the Holy Spirit or praying in tongues or as we are calling it in this series, praying in your kingdom language, man, it is crucial in order to move in the supernatural. And so I want to say this. The reason why, and, and I'm, we're going to get real right now. Can we get real? I want to get real. The reason why we are not taking advantage of the Holy Spirit, the reason why we are not capitalizing on this gift is going to be one of these four reasons. I just wanted to say it. I'm sick of it. I want to say it. Okay? These are the four reasons. Okay? This is the first reason. Maybe you're struggling to wrap your mind around this entire concept of a kingdom language. And, you know, it's weird. It's weird. And because it's weird, there's an unbelief and a skepticism that you have around this entire thing, okay? Or this, the, the next thing could be, you know, maybe you're desiring a kingdom language, but you still just don't understand how to do it. Or maybe this is it. Maybe you've had a hard time just praying in your kingdom language, and you believe that you do, but when you pray in your kingdom language, when you pray, you think it's actually you and not God. And so because you believe it's you and not God, it do, it's not working. So why, why pray anymore? And the next category is this. Maybe you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know without a doubt you have the ability to pray in the Spirit. You have a kingdom language. You can speak in tongues. You know that. But because you don't know the point, what's the point of doing it? I got it. But I don't really understand, like, what the point is. I was just told I needed to do it. I was told, and I had this encounter when I was younger or years ago. But because I don't understand the point, what's the point of doing it? And so if one of these things fits you, I first want to say, and I want you to be encouraged today, that God has told me throughout this week that he wants to meet you where you are. He wants to meet you where you are. All he wants you to do in this series Okay, we're going to get deeper and deeper. It's going to be really, really good for next week as well. But all he wants to do in this series is for you to open your heart. Just for you to open your heart because God in this season, as we're finishing out 2020, he wants to do a new thing. He wants to do a new thing in your life. He wants to do a new thing, a new thing. I want to say new thing. He wants to do something new. He wants to do something new. He wants to do something new in your family. He wants to do something new in your mind. He wants to do something new in your finances. He wants to do something new. And so God is saying, if you can open up your heart to allow me to break the limits off. Everyone say, leave your water pot. Leave your water pot. You have no idea what that means, but you will later. Okay. We're going to go to John 14, 16. I want to say this, what I did last week before I start some of this new stuff. I just want to go over this again from last week. John 14, 16, Jesus says, and I will pray the, to the Father, and he's going to give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Everyone say the helper. The helper. He says in verse 18, this is so important, Jesus is saying, I will not leave you as orphans. You see, Jesus' plan, and I'm going to talk about this next week, why couldn't Jesus and the Holy Spirit be down here together? Why did Jesus have to be crucified in order for the Holy Spirit to be called back to earth for everybody? Why couldn't they be here at the same time? Why couldn't Jesus be here and the Holy Spirit was still doing his thing with everybody else? And I'm going to explain that next week, okay? 
But for now, the most important thing is that Jesus is saying, I am not going to leave you as orphans. So this means, and this is what I'm getting at, an orphan spirit. I want to talk about the orphan spirit. Many of us are not moving in the supernatural, and many of us who are believers are not moving in the things of God. Because although we, we know God, we know Jesus, we are living in an orphan spirit. Orphan spirit. This is what an orphan spirit is. An orphan spirit is someone who lives life, makes decisions, fights spiritual battles without the help of the Holy Spirit. An orphan spirit is someone who lives life, makes decisions. They know God. I love Jesus, but I just do, I do, you know, I do what I feel. I do what I want, and that's, that's just how I live my life, okay? They make decisions, fight spiritual battles without the help of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 14 says this. It says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So what does this mean? This means that children depend on their parents. Children are led by their parents. And so when we get to a place when we are making decisions on our own, we're basically telling the Holy Spirit, I'm good. I got this. And when you tell the Holy Spirit, I'm good, I, I got this, what happens is that you don't even know this, but you step out of the blessing. You step out of the spirit and you step into an orphan spirit. And so that's what we see. And God is saying that I, I, I want you, I, I want you to come to me. You see, as God's child, he wants to lead you. He wants to lead you. But I got to make this next point. And this next point is this. God wants to lead you, but it's hard to be led by the Spirit of God when you're not speaking his language. God wants to lead you, but it's hard to be led by the Spirit of God when you're not speaking his language. Jesus, I pray that that just soaks in. I pray that that just soaks in. Mm. So I'm going to get to here. Leave your water pot. Let's go to John 7.37. I want to talk about what I'm talking about today. John 7.37. This is what Jesus says. And he ain't saying nothing about food. On the last day, this is great. This is good. I'm so excited about this part. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anybody thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers, rivers of living water. But this, what is he talking about? Jesus, what are you talking about? What is this living water? What is he talking about? This is what he's talking about. He's talking about drinking. He said, but this he spoke, verse 39, concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So as human beings, we need to, we have, there's, there's two things that are required for us to live, all right? We, we must be able to eat, and we must be able to drink. Now, you can eat all you want. You can eat everything. But if you never drink anything, if you never drink any water, you never drink any liquids, you will eventually die from dehydration. And so what's happening is, is that many of us, we've been eating a long time. We've been eating, you know where I'm coming. 
We've been eating a long time. Oh, we're full. Oh, we love the word. Because Jesus said man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word from the mouth of God. So we love to eat. We, we can read the word. We listen to messages. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Instagram. I'm listening to this quote. I'm listening because I love to eat. But how many do y'all know you could be as full as possible and still be thirsty? And this is how you know you are thirsty, because your flesh controls your life. Your flesh tells you what to look at, so you look at. Your flesh tells you what to spend, and you spend. Your flesh tells you what to consume, and you consume. Your flesh tells you what to think, and you think. Your flesh tells you how to react, and you react, because we have no power over our flesh to say no, because although we're full, we are thirsty. And if you stay thirsty, this is about to get deeper and deeper, y'all. This is about to get deeper and deeper. If you stay thirsty, you will eventually become dehydrated. And I want to talk about some symptoms of dehydration. Here's some symptoms. And this is how it, it's, it's in real life. It, in real life, it's all real life, excuse me. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's in your body and it's in the spirit. This is the same thing. Symptoms of dehydration, fatigue. Confusion. This is what happens when you don't drink when you get dehydrated. Mood swings. Lack of attention. I'm going to say it again. Fatigue. Confusion. Mood swings. Lack of attention is what happens when you don't drink any liquids. You don't, you're not drinking enough water. This is what happens in your life. It's the same things when you're not drinking spiritually. This is what happens. Fatigue in the spirit means you are tired and you are weary. And you're going through a trial and you want to give up. You are battling depression. You are falling under anxiety. And the reason why is because you are spiritually dehydrated. The next thing is confusion. You, you feel confused or you feel lost or you're going through the motions of life. You're not confident on where you're supposed to be. And so you're just going through the motions of life. You're going through the routines because it's just what's in front of you. And the reason why is because you are spiritually dehydrated. The next thing is mood swings. You know, I'm living life in, like, inconsistently. Like, I, 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 I'm emotional all the time. I'm, I'm one way today and I'm, I'm next, the, you know, the, the, I'm, I'm different the next day and and fear is gripping my life, and I'm struggling with anger, and I'm going through pride, and it's because we are spiritually dehydrated. And the last one is spiritual attention. Attention. This is so powerful. Attention. I'm having a hard time focusing on the things that God has promised me. I'm, I'm having a hard time focusing on the thing that I know God is calling me to do because there's so much going on around me. And because God is taking so long, I'm starting to have unbelief. And that's because you don't understand. You see, you see the symptoms, but it's because you are spiritually dehydrated. And so Jesus looks out. Now this is going to be put in context. He knows all of this. He looks out and he sees an entire generation who is spiritually dehydrated. He said, enough with the food. Y'all been eating for a long time. It's time for y'all to drink now. It's time for you guys to drink now. So this is what he says in, in John 7, 37. He says, on the last day of the great feast, Jesus stands and he cries out. 
He cry, Jesus is crying out in desperation because he knows how crucial this is. And this is what he says. He says, if anybody is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He is saying, if anybody is thirsty, I am here waiting for you. I am here waiting for you if you are thirsty. The Holy Spirit, my next point, the Holy Spirit is the only one who can quench your thirst. So Jesus is about to prophesy about kingdom language and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Look at this. He says, he who believes in me, verse 38, he who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The, 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 the next point is, is that kingdom language comes from faith in Jesus. Because it's important to say that because when people say, oh, I'm, I'm kind of freaked out when it comes to tongues or freaked out when it comes to a kingdom language, it's because you just don't know. You just, you don't know. You haven't been taught, you, and it's fine. You, you don't know, but it's here. It's right here in front of you. And so Jesus says, come to me. He says, if you want, the, the, if you want this, come to me. <laughs> so we don't know how to do it. We don't know how to access it. All, listen, this is how you access your kingdom. Language. This is how you access being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It ain't no formula, ain't no strategy. All you gotta say is, Jesus, I'm thirsty. Baptize me. Give me your power. Fill me up. Let it overflow through me. It's a hunger for Jesus. It's, it's, it's a hunger and a pursuit of Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. Jesus. He says, I will pray to the Father and I will send the Holy Spirit. Jesus. It is faith in Jesus. I remember, I remember a couple things, a couple of times, but I remember I, was, I, had, I had, you know, previously had already been baptized in the Holy Spirit and, you know, I, I was in my life, I was living a certain way. And this, two of my friends invited me to this Bible study. And I came to this Bible study. It was on campus in college. And as soon as I walked in, there was a woman of God, prophet, like prophet, prophet. And as soon as I walked in, she stopped me. I had my backpack on. She stopped me in the doorway. And she said, ooh. She just started praying for me. And she said, she said she, in so many words, she said, you're about to be baptized. She said, you're about to get an overpouring of the Holy Spirit. You see, I already had the Spirit of God. What do you mean, what do you mean overpour? There's, there's more? <laughs> there's extra? She said, but there's something that is blocking you. She said, you have unforgiveness. I've just walked in the doorway. I was like, what? Where, where are we? Like, what's going on? She said, you have unforgiveness. She, made, she named the people without me telling her. The people who I had unforgiveness towards. And the crazy thing about it was, I'm like, I don't have unforgiveness towards them. But I did. There's things that there's people that we are holding things against that we have no idea. And you want a renewal of the Holy Spirit. You want a baptism of the Holy Spirit. But but literally, it's water. It's water coming out of a faucet. And, and if your pipes are dirty, if you got things that is clogged up, that faucet come on and nothing comes out. The Holy Spirit is trying to infuse you. He's trying to he's trying to fill you up. But there's things that we have sometimes blocking. And so. Let's just forgive right now. Father, we just thank you, Lord, if we can. Lord, reveal to us this week who, do we, who we need to forgive. Lord, we want the fullness of your power. We want the fullness of your glory. We want the fullness of your spirit. Holy Spirit, reveal to us who, what is in the way. What is, uh, what is blocking, Lord God? What is that that is blocking the overflow of your, of your spirit, Father? Reveal that to us in Jesus' mighty name. And if you know right now, if you see anybody's face, just say, I forgive them. Come on, you can say it. They say, I forgive them. I forgive them. Listen, we get offended. We get hurt every month. And we go through stuff. 
And so we have to live a life where we're constantly forgiving people because you don't want that to stop the flow of the Holy Spirit. Forgiveness, God takes forgiveness so personal uh, because who forgave us? He did, right? And we lived the worst of the worst, right? And he forgives us. So when he forgives us, but we hold unforgiveness towards other people, oof, that's the number one thing that you do not want to do because it blocks everything that God has for you. You think you're holding someone in a prison, but you're the one that's actually in the prison. You're the one that's actually behind the bars. You think they deserve what they did, you, they deserve what they get, and you have them behind the bars, but you're the one that's actually behind the bars, and you're missing out on the next level that God has for you. And so I don't know about you, I don't want nothing blocking anything that God has for me. So this is what happens. We put it all together. So by putting faith in Jesus... You begin to release from your belly. The, the, the scripture says heart, but, but the original text says belly. It says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Your spirit man is here. Your spirit is on the inside. It's here in your belly. Your spirit man is here. And so out of here will flow rivers of your language, your kingdom language. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, happened in my bedroom by myself the first time, actually yeah, in a dorm room. And I remember I was worshiping God and I felt something bubbling, bubbling up inside and I just released it. And I said, and this is, this is the word that came out. I didn't even know what it meant, but I said, Abba, Abba, Abba. I can only say one thing, but I've said it a hundred times. Like Abba, Abba, because I knew it was him. Abba, 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 Abba. I found out that Abba means father in Hebrew. So I'm saying father, father. I didn't know it. No one taught me. No one showed me. I didn't even know. I didn't know anything about the Hebrew. And I'm saying, Father, 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 Father. And this is what God began to show me. You see, when you have a baby, they don't just start speaking in sentences. They don't just start putting paragraphs together. Okay? Children, they say, Dad, Dad, Mama. That's what I was doing. I'm a newborn baby. When you come to, this, come to the Lord, and not when you come to the Lord, when, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, sometimes some people can just start flowing. But most of the time, God will give you one, one thing to say. He'll say if you could be faithful with that one thing. And so I would, just, I would just pray and be in church, Abba, or being in my own private time, Abba, 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 Abba. And then I remember one time I, I was praying, and then it just started, more started coming out, Abba, Abba, Tata, Abba, Abba, Tata. And that's all I could do, Abba, Abba, Tata, Abba, Abba, Tata, Tata. But I kept doing it, and God kept just revealing more stuff and building me up, and his light was on me, and I was on fire for God. It was amazing. And sure enough, as I kept at it, it's a language that continues, you get vocabulary in the spirit. God keeps adding to your vocabulary. My tongues have changed over the years so many times. And now I, I have like three or four different types of tongues now. And, when I, and it's time to battle in the spirit. I got to have a warrior. Something happens in the spirit where it's, I know when I'm tapping into the spirit and I'm fighting because he changes the way I pray. And that, it's a power that I, I'm telling you. And so that's the maturity. That's where God wants to take you. He wants to take you from different levels in the spirit. And he starts adding to what you are saying. Amen? So whatever you have... Be faithful with it. Let God, let God begin to build you up, and he's going to take you from glory to glory. Everyone say, leave your water pot. All right, you guys ready to talk about the water pot? All right, me too. Here we go. It says, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Now, we talked about this weeks ago, but I wanted to come back to this because there's just so much new stuff that God has just shown me about this, so I want to revisit it again. So it says... A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. 
Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus is asking someone for a drink. This woman comes, and she, 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 just, thinks she's, she just thinks she's physically thirsty, but she doesn't understand that, that she's spiritually thirsty. Jesus can see the insecurities in her life. Jesus can see the voids in her life. Jesus sees her relationship, her past history. Jesus can see all of this stuff, but Jesus is the one to ask her for a drink. I was trying to wrap my mind around that. God, why didn't you just say from the very beginning, you ready for a drink? I got a drink for you. How, Jesus, why did you ask her for the drink? You weren't, you weren't trying to get another drink from her. You wanted to give her the drink. And this is what he said. He said, Whenever I ask you for a drink, whenever I ask for your time, whenever I ask for your sacrifice, for your self-control, for your trust, I'm trying to give you water and an area that you're thirsty in. Let me say it again. Whenever Jesus asks you for a drink, whenever Jesus asks you for your time, whenever Jesus asks anything from you, He's trying to give you water in an area that you're thirsty in. But the thing about it was that this woman didn't know that she was thirsty in this area of her life. Jesus is trying to give you water in an area that you have no idea that you are thirsty in. He can see everything that's in our life. We just see the symptoms, but Jesus is trying to fill what's lacking in the spirit. He's trying to water those dry places in your life. So whenever Jesus asks you anything, whenever Jesus tells you to call somebody, talk to someone, he is setting you up to get you water. So whenever you get instruction from the Lord, be excited. Don't say, you know what, I, oh, God, that's too hard. I can't do that. Because Jesus is trying to give you water in that place. Verse 10, so it says, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew, this is where we're getting at. He's about to break it down to this woman. He, Jesus says to her, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God, everyone say the gift. If you knew the gift of God and who it says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I want to say this right now. He said, if you knew the gift of God, you would have asked me. And this is for all of us. If we knew and understood the gift of God, we would ask more. We would, we would get it. We would want it. We'd want to do it. It would be our lifestyle. If we knew the gift of God. Oh, if the church knew the gift of God. He said, if you understand the gift that I've given you, you would come to me. And this is what he says to the woman. He said, you would have come to me and I would have given you living water. So verse 415, so the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. I believe in this moment when she said, sir, give me this water. I honestly believe that she was receiving the Holy Spirit. I believe something was happening. Now, it didn't manifest. We don't, we don't see the evidence of it. But I believe when you ask something from God, he'll give it to you. Matter of fact, it wasn't even her idea. It was Jesus' idea. He's like, if you want the drink, I'll give it to you. So she says, okay, give me the drink. So Jesus is not going to be like, just kidding. Not time. Like, no, like, I believe something happened on the inside of her. And there's evidence of it because all of a sudden we, we know from the history of looking at this text that this woman had a bad reputation in the community. She, was, she had five husbands. Some of you guys know this already. But she had five husbands. And so she, she was probably the laughing stock of her community. There was a big stigma on women like her. So she came out alone when nobody was outside. 
by the well, because all the women would come at the same time. She came by herself, tiptoed out, and Jesus said, I'm going to meet her in the place where she's hiding. Woo! I'm going to prophesy this. God is about to meet you in the place where you've been hiding. He's about to bring promotion in areas that you've been dodging. He's about to bring promotions in places that you have been afraid to do. He's about to bring promotions in areas where you felt unworthy. He's about to bring promotions in areas where you have just been, just been hiding out. He's about to meet you there to give you some water. All she needed was some water, and it changed her entire life. Look what happens as I close. It says in verse 428, the woman then left her water pot. Everyone say water pot. Went her way into the city. And she said, come see a man who told me all these things I ever did. Then they went out of the city and came to him. She leaves her water pot. She goes into the city. And now all these people are coming back to Jesus. This woman had the intentions of going to fill up her water pot. What is this water pot? She, she, she had the intentions the entire time. She says, I'm going to fill up my water pot, then I'm going to do this and do this. She was going to fill up her water pot, but Jesus was sitting there waiting for her. She has an encounter with Jesus. She gets some water from Jesus. After she gets some water from Jesus, she forgets about her water pot. And she goes into the city. What does a water pot represent? This is a water pot. You want to write this down, this problem. A water pot is something that we think we need. A water pot is something that we think we need. Something that we prioritize. But once we have a drink of the Holy Spirit, the water pot becomes an afterthought. Your water pot can be a dream career that you've been after your whole life. Your water pot could be, could be you know, uh, this amount of money that you have to make. Your water pot could be an addiction that you never, never thought you could ever get free of. Your water pot could be a relationship that you never thought you could, you could, you could, you could separate from. Your water pot is anything in your life that you believe that you can't live without. But what happens is, is that when you have a drink of the Holy Spirit, when you begin to start drinking from the Holy Spirit, coming out of your belly, rivers of kingdom language, rivers of living water. What you thought you needed, you suddenly forget about. Let me tell you what happens. This woman leaves her water pot, and then she goes into the city. The city represents her purpose. That's her purpose. That's what God has called her to do. She goes into the city, she steps in her purpose, and she starts preaching the gospel. And she's, and she's bringing revival to this city, and now everybody wants to come to know Jesus. And Jesus ends up staying another two days and does miracle signs and wonders because of this woman. This woman would have never made it to the city if she was holding on her water pot. As soon as she put the water pot down, she just left it. And I believe she leaves it at the feet of Jesus. Because Jesus is sitting down, she has a water pot. I believe she just put the water pot right down by his feet. And right now, let's stand up, please. Those of you who are watching, you can stand up too if you receive this. I want us to leave our water pot by the feet of Jesus, but I do want to say this. When you keep thinking about the thing that you shouldn't do, 
guess what? You're going to do it. That's called being sin conscious. After the serpent puts a, puts a seed in, in Eve's and Adam's mind about the tree, they couldn't stop looking at the tree. They couldn't stop looking at it. It was a wrap. Because once you're sin conscious, sin, sin has you. And so that's why, that's what the church has messed up on. The church has been trying to operate in the, the, the church has been trying to be the Holy Spirit instead of, try, instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to do his job. So when you come in, they tell you all the things you can't do because we think we're the Holy Spirit. And so we have an entire generation of people that are so turned off from church because they've had encounters with people who think they're God. And so because of this, people don't want to come to church. People are afraid of church because they don't understand it's not our job to tell them what they're doing wrong. It's our job to love them and allow the Holy Spirit to do his work. And that's, and, and as soon as somebody comes in with issues, oh, I got to tell them. I got to tell them it's wrong. I got to tell them they can't be here because we disagree. It is not your job. Jesus didn't, didn't scorn her. She didn't say, he didn't say, well, you did have five husbands. I don't know if you can have this drink. <laughs> you, you're with somebody now doing the do, and you're not even married. You shacking up, and you're not even married. You're living with someone? Oh, I'm sorry. You can't receive the Holy Spirit. You guys are not married? Nah, no baptism of the Holy Spirit for you. Jesus knows her mess, knows her garbage, and says, I'm going to give you a drink. Do you want it? Because Peter prophesies, and he says, this drink is for everybody. This drink is for all of you who are far off, all of you who are close. Whether you, what, no matter what you are, no matter what's going on in your life, this drink is for you. All you have to do is receive it. And so all this woman has to do is just receive it. And once she, listen, this is what happens. She receives the drink first, then she puts down the water pot. She, did, she was holding on to her water pot. I know sometimes we, we learn, okay, well, I got to give this up in order to receive. This is what God is saying. My love is so powerful. My drink is so good. You don't have to think about putting anything down. You forget it. My struggles with pornography at one time in my life, my struggles with different addictions at one time in my life was so strong, and I kept trying not to do it. I kept trying to do it on my own strength. I was trying to be the Holy Spirit. I was trying not to do it, but I was sin conscious, and I would fall every single time, and I was in bondage for a long time as a believer in my life until God said, I want you to stop being sin conscious and be child conscious. I want you to be my child. Just come after me with all of your heart, son. Just wake up in the morning and spend time with me, and I gotta, I'm going to give you something that you're going to begin to forget about things. I looked up one day, and I said, dang, it's been three months since I fell to that. Wow, it's been one year? Because I stopped thinking about the sin, and I started to think about the Holy Spirit. When I fell in love with my wife, I forgot about the other women. When you fall in love with Jesus, you begin to forget about the things that have been trying to bring you down. And it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you don't have issues. We can be free in here today and say, I have issues, but I am God's child. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for what he put inside of you. And as long as you can stay in him, as long as you can stay pursuing him and not think about the issues in your life, 
You're going to begin to move in the supernatural through the Holy Spirit to do things that you couldn't do on your own strength because you left the water pot at his feet. Father, we just receive right now. Let's receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Let's receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you have a spiritual language, I want to hear you right now. I want to hear you right now. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Come on, release it, release it, release it, release it. Father, we worship you right now in the name of Jesus. We worship you. We worship you in Jesus' mighty name. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. We release it right now from our bowels, from our belly, in Jesus' mighty name. I want you to wake up every day. I don't care how early you got to get up and say, Holy Spirit, driving to work. Father, move in me right now. I put my faith in Jesus. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I surrender. Jesus, I believe in you. And the Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf and goes before you to fight your battle. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, all you, all you can do right now is just say, Jesus, I receive. Let me have everything that you have for me as your child so that I can have this gift that you died for. You died to give me this gift. Why would I not take it? 